Okay. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. I know Chad spoke while I was speaking. How spoke you speaking spoken to? I spoke it did. The word it is. Word it did did. Boys, why are, have you all watched uh, hey man? I went and watched one of those Transformer pictures Monday. Uh my have girls. You, have went, you seen it? No, my girls went and saw it yesterday without me. Did they like it? They did. Okay. So Chad. Yes. You you like the Transformers. I do. Now I haven't watched all the Michael Bay movies. I now, couldn't make it past the second one. I've only no, seen parts. Yeah, of I will say Yeah, I will say the only Michael Bay movie that I've actually found and enjoyed is the probably the worst one, The Revenge of the Fallen, the one that was done during the writer's strike. The second and one. the second one, just because it is so with the racist robots. Yeah, and it is just so terrible. But yeah. for some reason it pulls me in pulls me just yeah yeah so chad this new uh transformers movie it's uh-huh. not awful okay but i think you might like it because there's so many throwbacks to the cartoon yeah that's kind of what i'm looking forward to i don't i know i'm not going into this but it's not good chad i didn't think it would be i'm just going in expecting it to be what it is yeah but at least optimus prime looks like he should yeah and it's not michael bay that's the one thing. That's the one thing this movie has going for it because the one Bumblebee honestly is the best transform. I, I said I said Revenge of the Fallen is the best one. Bumblebee is the best one. I haven't seen it. Uh, you should. It's actually it's actually worth watching. Yeah, James, we can't hear you. James, you're just mouthing. You're just going. No, Bumble. Chad's right. As much as that pains me to say, Bumblebee is the most fun. And I hate and I hate Bumblebee as a character too. But that movie pulls it off. Shut your horish mouth. He does a really good job of references in this one. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Mike said, I am, was a John am, Carpenter reference. I am obviously a huge Transformers movie from as being from a kid. So I will watch this and probably find something to enjoy about it just because I've only found Bumblebee in, in parts of Revenge of the Fallen entertaining. <laughs> All right, boys. So today's topic is yeah, chosen and, by Chad Jennings. Yeah. And since we're talking about giant robots right now, uh, we're our topic today is going to be uh, movies that take place in the wilderness. Yeah. Out in the <laughs> woods. Out in the woods where they don't have them giant robots. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't got no robots. Uh, no, no robots out in the woods. Now, it's summer here in the grand state of Kentucky. It's probably summer here across the United States. I probably didn't even narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea why you did that. <laughs> but a lot of you all go camping. You're out in the woods. You're having a good time. You're making your smorgs. And yeah. you were enjoying, you're smoking a little bit of the reefer and then you're, and you're drinking a little bit and you got the kids over there making a campfire and you don't know what you're doing. You forgot where you were. You're underneath your truck playing, praying for death. I don't know. Whatever it is you do out in the woods, it's that time of the year. And there's a lot of movies. There's a lot of pictures, a lot of horror pictures that take place. Yeah. Where at, Chad? The woods. The woods. So can I ask you all a quick question? And we, no, I mean, I just, Chad. Do, okay. Does any of you all, have any of y'all ever enjoyed camping? No. Well, uh, as a kid, I like to go fishing, so it kind of goes a little bit together, but the actual, I would prefer to sleep in a bed. Yes. I, I used to go camping with my dad, and I enjoyed that when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I fall much more into the latter category Joe was talking about. Like, going with my dad was fun because it was time with my dad, and I didn't have a lot of time with my dad when I was young. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. And he's dead. But, uh, You're not getting it back. So there you no, go. Let's roll. No. Hey, if it's in constellation, my dad never took me camping. 
Didn't if it makes you feel any better, Chad, Chad's dad I I did could. take me camping. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could go camping with Dad now. I just have to lay on his gravesite. Thanks. That would be. Well, uh, you could pitch a tent next to his grave. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah, just don't hit. Just will. just don't hit the stakes too far down because then you'll kill his his vampire self. What's funny, James, is I, this is the second time your dad has came up today. I was talking about your dad earlier when you weren't around. I was telling the story about uh, how he told everyone that uh, one son was in prison, one couldn't get out of school, and the daughter was a drug dealer. Yep, that's a true story. True story. Yeah. So we're not going to tell the rest of the joke. I just want no, to. No, no. Let's just leave it at that and let people wonder. I, but I never, there's only been one camping trip where I actually enjoyed it. It was one of the ones I did with my wife. But for the most part, you know, Who you're sitting there. Was this one of those swingers events? <laughs> it's actually you put just your me pineapple and... sign out in front of your tent. <laughs> it's actually just me and my wife. And the only reason, and I have fond memories of it because we went to a place that had a waterfall. We never saw the waterfall. <laughs> And uh, I found most well, enjoyment. Sounds like this. a great story, Chad. Well, no. And I found really enjoyment of we were driving these back roads to get to this place. And I found this, uh, uh, this was before GPS. So we were trying to find it and we, we were struggling like hell. And we ran into a gas station with a soft serve ice cream machine. And I was like, oh, sweet. I can get soft serve ice cream while I'm driving. Uh, but sitting underneath a cloth. That still isn't camping, really. Dealing with the nature. But I went camping. That day is just when I woke up with a bad back because I slept on a bumpy ground and I didn't have a toothbrush and nothing to wash my hair, nothing to take. Yeah, I just like, well, I didn't have hair. No, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Washing I just didn't enjoy any bush. of it. So uh, I, I've just never been a camper, and I don't know. I, I have plenty of friends who their version of a fun time is getting out and sitting in a tent and just James, showing nature. I hate to interrupt him. But when yeah. he says, first of all, he has plenty of friends. Let's, yeah, I that's wanted, one, I don't, let's, that's I, I, one question. Yes. And the second question is he has plenty of friends that enjoy camping. James, I, do. Do I really do. Double life. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot of friends. I've got you two. And even that I have a lot of acquaintances and a lot of people yeah. I'm friendly with, but Chad has a bunch of friends. Now, Chad, who are these friends that go camping? <laughs> Would you like a list? Can I you do it alphabetically? Like it be, I, I will provide you a list after this is over. Made up. I'm trying to go back <laughs> and forth on which one's the truth. I've got know. a question. Oh, real quick, Chad. Are any of the people, are any of your friends that like to go camping in the room with you right now? No. Yeah. Yes. Do they follow you around <laughs> and tell you to light things on fire? <laughs> My Baxter Stockman figure that's behind me that you can't see because it's dark in this room really likes to go camping. Huh. That and would takes, ruin his main condition status. Well, he eats all my s'mores, of, the, the fly bastard. That's because he's sick of being in the city with those Ninja Turtle bastards. <laughs> all right, Joe, pick your first one. Why do I have to go? Well, I, it's really hard for me. You want, I'll go. No, no, I'll, no. Okay, I'll you. go. I'm going. I'll, bring, I'll, I'll throw it down. Fuck you. I'm actually going to pick something that I picked from this earlier this last year. It was one of the movies that I really, really liked. It's Significant Other. I, I I figured you were going to say that, so I put it at the bottom of my list. So, well, yeah. there's another one that I thought you all might take that I'm going to get that we've talked about on here before because a lot of the camping movies, believe it or not, are things that – and it's directed by Robert Olson and Dan Burke, and it's uh, – we've talked about it on here before. I'm going to talk about it again. This couple goes backpacking in a remote part of Oregon somewhere around the Pacific Northwest there, and the, they end up in some trouble. And the least I talk about this movie, the better you're going to enjoy it. 
Yeah, I Dad, still you probably not watched it still. You haven't watched it yet, right? No, I have not watched it yet. But James, the least I tell you about it, the better you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Just yeah. go for that ride because it does have a third act that is like, woo! Yeah. And it, it's, and, and it takes place in the woods and I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. And I thought both of those actors, they, uh, she and he just did a fantastic job. I, it's just, it was a good movie. It's a good B movie. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way in any way, shape or form. No, it doesn't have a billion dollar budget. It just doesn't. It's just a kind of a low budget B movie that takes place in the woods. But it sticks with some, you. That sticks with you and has some thoughtfulness. Even for the villain, you were like, oh, I totally see the villain's viewpoint when they explain themselves. Huh. I will check it out. I will check it out this weekend. I need to check it out before I... Uh, Shit before on my, it? Before, no, before my Hulu subscription ends. I think it's so, on uh, Paramount Plus. Oh, I thought it was on Hulu. Uh, Paramount Plus. Plus. All right, well then, yeah, I'll watch it <laughs> anytime I damn well please. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, so I'll go next because James goes last because James always goes last because yes, no, everybody everybody puts James in the corner. Nice guy to finish last. No, they don't. Well, then but why do I keep finishing last? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am going with 1997's The Edge. Oh, that's you know, I was actually going to be mine, so uh, I hate you and everything sample. Yeah, eat, that's eat one of those mix. movies that doesn't work unless it has those two people in it. I agree. No, I, but, but I love the lines in it. Like, I agree, they make it work as a film, yeah. but the lines in it are so great because I well, love the entire... Well, Chad, you picked it, so well, Chad, no, why don't no. you tell us what people you, dive? You you tell me the lines because I will tell you, and the reason why is it's written, and this is one thing that I forgot that it's written by the the amazing David Mamet. I did not realize that well, until well, batshit crazy conservative amazing David Mamet. Yeah, I did not know. Is he really that conservative? Oh my God, Chad, he got in so much trouble last year. Wow, Google I did not know. It. No, he's right of Trump. Wow, I did not know that. James, were you familiar with this? No, no. Oh, no. he did a book tour last year and pissed off a bunch of people. Well, the one thing I'll say about I David Trump's Mamet, not all that conservative. He's and, right like Goldwater. You <laughs> know, the one thing maybe a little obscure for people. Sorry. You know, it's okay. one thing about the edge that and this is why I guess I didn't realize it was written by David Mamet. There are barely any of the word fuck in it. <laughs> And David Mamet loves the word fuck. Until they get to, is Anthony Hopkins when he gets the plan is like, it, it's not let's kill the fuck, but it's, what is that? It's a great line. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Maybe one I, of you boys can. I actually just watched it yesterday and I'm trying to remember what the line is that you're talking about. Oh, I don't know. Well, here, I'll, I'll do a couple jo of my Joe, favorite James, lines. Yeah, you, James, you go ahead, man. Some of my favorite lines. So if you're not familiar with the edge, I guess we should say. Yeah, let me, let me do living that. living on it. Then, yeah. So yeah, it's about um Anthony Hopkins. He's a he's a billionaire who's also very intellectual. Like pretty much he reads everything he reads, he he retains. Um and he's in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, um, with his wife played by the stunning Elle McPherson. Um uh and she's there doing a photo shoot where, photo shoot where her her photographer is Alec Baldwin. Um, and basically they, uh, Alec Baldwin and, and Anthony Hopkins and a couple others go off on a plane to find this man for a photo shoot and their plane crashes. And it's left with Anthony Hopkins, 
Alec Baldwin, and um, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but he's Harold Perrineau. Uh, you would know him from Oz, Lost, this movie. He's he's an amazing actor who's just one of those ones that doesn't get credit for anything that he does, and he's just a great actor. But when you compare him to the rawness of Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin, he he just gets outshined. Uh, and he also didn't get the lines that these two got either, to be honest with you. So, uh, but that's what it's about. It's about them fighting the wilderness and a, a man-eating Kodiak bear. Uh, but James, go ahead. You know, I once read an interesting book which said that uh, most people lost in the wilds, they, they die of shame. Shame. <laughs> what? Yeah, see, they die of shame. What did I do wrong? How could I have gotten myself into this? And so they sit there and they die because they didn't do the one thing that could have saved their life. And what is that, Charles? Thinking. Um, but actually, my favorite line, and I've never tried it, but I think we should on a very special bonehead right before we go to the hospital for doing it. Wish we had some salt. You you know you can uh, you can season meat with gunpowder. Did you know that? Wish we had some gunpowder. Just a great yeah. line. <laughs> Wish we had no. some gunpowder. By the way, James, Joe, are you talking about where he goes uh, today? I'm going to kill the motherfucker. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way Anthony Hawkins delivers it. It's stuck in my head. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's the line a- I always remember, though, and I, I quoted those other two, but the line I always remember, just because it's one of those things that if I was with him, I probably would have punched him. Did you know you can make fire from ice? <laughs> really that's not helpful right now bud and this is the middle of alec baldwin having a and again the the james is talking about that one line but that is in the middle of an amazing scene of alec baldwin just breaking down losing all hope that he's not that they're not going to be rescued um and for all of his problems uh you know you you can watch watch this movie just to see how amazing Alec Baldwin is. Yes, you have 30 Rock. 30 Rock, another great example of how how, how amazing an, an actor Alec Baldwin is. And there's plenty of other examples, but The Edge shows him at his rawest form. And it's worth, it's worth it just to see those two actors on the screen just chewing the scenes as they go. And, Alec, and, and the best part about Anthony Hopkins is he does it with such a monotone delivery of all of his films. He never, he, uh, with, the, with all of his lines, I should say, he never, ever, except for near the end, loses his temper. It's all just stone, like just straight, and it's great. So I highly recommend The Edge. James. Well, you haven't taken that one. I've, I've got my, my next one at, 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 the, uh, at the four here. So what happens, Chad and, and Joe, when you're out, you decide to go camping. You're trying to have a good time. Yeah. And you go out in the woods and you think you're just going to go out, have a good time, enjoy the woods a little bit, maybe do some hiking. And then all of a sudden, from your perception, there's these two rednecks that want to kill you. (laughs) And they're going to get you. This is a story about Allison, Chad, Chloe, Chuck, Jason, Naomi, Todd, Mitch, and Mike. Bunch of college kids. They're just out trying to go camping. And they stop by this gas station. They encounter these two hillbillies that they assume are going to try to kill them later. And it turns out that's actually not what's going on. I'm talking about Tucker and Dale versus, versus evil. evil. Yep. 
I didn't even think about that one, James. Good picture. So, <laughs> I'm going to do I a love, comedy next too, James, if it makes you feel better. I love this movie because it takes the trope of all rednecks in the woods are going to kill you and eat you. All those movies, wrong turn, all those types of movies. And basically, Tucker and Dale are two guys. They're trying to clear wood, and they've got a wood chipper. They're, they're working. They're working their land. And they're they're just, and they want to help. They realize, oh, these kids need help and all that. And through a series of unfortunate events, these college kids decide that, oh, we'll just kill them before they kill us. And they end up getting killed and all that stuff. And it's it's just Spoiler. a great, yeah, well, no, it's just a great movie. And honestly, it just, Tyler Labine, Labine, and Alan Tudyk playing Tucker and Dale and the lines in it just make the movie work so well because they don't want to hurt anybody. But then there's the entire thing of, oh yeah, what are we gonna do? We've had a we've had a doozy of a day. <laughs> as they as these college students end up more or less killing themselves, thinking that they have to fight off these rednecks that really mean them no harm. If you've never seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil, you really should. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and yeah. it's just yeah. If you've never seen it, just watch it. I got nothing else to say about it, but it's it's one of my favorite camping movies. All right, I'm going to follow up with another comedy because I was going back and forth of technically if this is a wilderness movie or not, but it does take place in the woods. We're going to talk about James. I'm going to do a James introduction, Chad. Now, Chad, have you ever just you know you and your family? You, you go out into the woods to have a vacation and get away from everything. And then all of a sudden, your annoying brother-in-law shows up with his wife and two twin weird-ass kids. And oh, yeah, that's good. And Sue. Jane, that's... Chad, that ever happened to you? All the time. Yeah, that's the reason, buddy, that you, you'll never be as cool as John Candy, and you'll never have the great outdoors. What? I'll give it to you. I said it's close. It does it's take close. place in the woods. Kind of. Yeah, kind of They do I'll rent a cabin. You. It's close. Yeah. I just love the movie. It's I great. I love the movie. It's great. I rewatched it last year. I actually saw it in the theater somehow, some way um, when it came out. And I just remember cackling. And there was this large fat guy behind me just laughing his ass off and losing it during the speedboat scene when North, <laughs> when, when he's got him and he's dragging there him. There was a plane. mirror in the front of there was a what? A mirror. Oh, no, I was a little flesh. kid at that time. The fat joke doesn't quite work there. I was probably chubby, though. So thank, uh, you. thank you for pay, making fun of my juvenile diabetes. You're welcome. So, the great outdoors is just childish. A, just childish. Childish. Diabetes. childish. Just childish. Just, just pedophilia is just childish. So, John oh, Candy, he went Dan there. Aykroyd, written by the late, great John Hughes, directed by Howard Deutsch. The great outdoors because John Candy just wants to go have a relaxing vacation away from everything. And then his brother-in-law shows up and ruins everything. It's an eighties comedy, another eighties comedy where John Candy went on vacation. I also <laughs> highly recommend summer rental, but it's less in the woods and more on the beach. Anybody Ready? Else? No. Okay. Fuck you. So my next one is also from the 80s, and it is a bizarre one, um, bizarre. just simply because of how the movie was delivered. Uh, but I'll tell you the tagline and see if you all can guess it. 
the strong don't give up, the tough don't give in, and the cool don't give a damn. Anybody? No. James? No. Whitewater Summer. Never seen it. Are you serious? You've never seen Whitewater Summer with Sean Astin and Kevin Bacon? Nope. Oh, my God. James, have you? James. No, no I literally... <laughs> I saw oh, it. Nobody's seen your movie. James, I don't, movie? I, James, I, don't I, I don't know if you realize this. This is a podcast, and you barely shaking your head. No, it doesn't do anything. Who are you people? <laughs> I God, guys. Whitewater Summer. It was one of those movies I watched. It's it's what it, uh, movie is the only time where I've actually truly hated Kevin Bacon. Well, why did you hate Kevin Bacon? He plays such a dick in this movie to these kids. So uh, it's Sean Ashton. He plays a he plays this shy kid, and his parents uh, send him away uh, for a, a summer to these mountains where he uh, ends up. Where Kevin Bacon is this like instructor who send, takes all these kids and teaches them how to survive in the wilderness and 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 you know run the rapids. Mm -hmm. uh, but he is so awful to Sean Astin, who's this shy kid who doesn't have any abilities and he just tortures him. And what's really weird about this is uh, the story is being told by Sean Astin, but he's more of a Ferris Bueller type. So he walks around in a Hawaiian shirt and it just keeps cutting back to him telling parts of the story. But it's not him as that character because him as the character in the story is this shy kid who doesn't have a lot of abilities. It's bizarre. But Kevin Bacon is just awful. Uh, he just constantly tortures him. And then there's another scene where he gets really hurt. And then the kids have to, to get him out of the wilderness. And only, of course, Sean Astin, the kid who couldn't do anything, is the one who leads the troop to get him out. Hmm. I am shocked that none of you all watched this. It was a I've staple. never seen it. It was a staple of mine from the, from the late 80s. And again, it, I, I, Kevin Bacon has played some bad people. But this is the only movie where I truly hated him. Because he was just, he was maniacal. So that's my pick, James. You know, I'm going to go with another classic camping film that really took over America for a while. Uh, and, and I don't think it, it inspired so many things that followed it, but I don't think it's ever been matched in the way that it made some people view the woods. Um it's a little film about these three people who decide to go to the woods to make a documentary about this witch. <laughs> Good one. You the know? Blair Witch Project, literally, I mean, I can remember people would freak out if you took sticks and arranged them together and just, you know, hung it outside in their yard. Uh, but it did. It was, I mean, that even though it's not a traditional quote-unquote camping movie, it made people really reconsider what would you do if you were in the woods. And what would you do? Things just got weird. Yeah. Um, and it's also uh, the 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 scenes where they break down, right? Just the scenes where everything goes wrong because where they, you know, and my solution, by the way, is that the forest on fire. That Blair Witch may get me, but it's going to be her standing in an empty field of trees, of burned out trees. But anyway, no, no, Blair Witch is is probably one of the ultimate camping horror films, uh, just because of how unsettling it is. Yeah, it's. I, I still say there's only there's only three movies that have generally genuinely scared me. Uh, well, four. I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. 
then Wes Craven Shocker. And for those who listen, if you were curious, why is Chad scared of the Shocker? Come talk to me when you see me and I will tell you the story. Uh, but then Blair Witch, uh, the, well, the ring and Blair Witch and Blair Witch actually didn't scare me during the filming. It was at when I got home that night from the theater and I went to bed and I saw I woke up and swear I saw somebody doing the standing in the corner mm-hmm. and I ran out of the room like just terrified my heart sweating heart beating of course i was a fat kid having a heart attack but you know it was the blair witch didn't help it right well i'm glad to hear that you're not dead yeah yeah came came close that in the ring but the ring was from head trauma from running into a door so here's another one that's on a list of woods that you may argue with me about because there's not a lot of woods there is trees but what's your definition of I'm, movies that take place in the woods i will be honest with you based on what you're cho- I, there's one movie that i'm shocked didn't make your top three well hold on okay maybe this movie i don't think it is go ahead okay it's actually the next one i need to go back and watch it again but it is one of my favorite zemeckis films castaway yeah, no, that's not what I thought you'd be. And see, that's what I struggled with, too, because I consider that a, a wilderness film because he's on it. But at the same time, it's also a stranded island film. Yeah. So what's the difference? We could have made two different topics. here. Yeah, we could have. We could have made, you know, island versus wilderness. We could do a stranded island one for Bonehead Weekly Fun Sides. I think we could. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. But anyway, so Castaway is a very sentimental film. It's 2000, Robert Zemeckis, and starring Tom Hanks. This is about as vanilla as it gets. I understand that. But to me, even though I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but I don't think I love it as much as Chad. I love Used Cars. Actually, I may love Used Cars more than the other two, but I love a lot of Zemeckis movies. I don't love, I love Back to the Future, but I don't love it like James. Right. We all three have Zemeckis different right. yeah, yeah. Films. that, that means a lot to us and i love forrest gump even though people tend to hate on it now i still think it's it's a damn good just fun movie just rolls. it is yeah i don't know why it gets the hate that it does now this rolls it's it's a really it's a perfect little picture that being said castaway speaks to me on so many different levels and i i guess in the way i mean i guess if you ever saw reminiscence <laughs> we made fairly sentimental film back in the day too but i I, I don't know. It just, it's about life. And by the way, getting what uh, you, J- Joe is not referring to the, the Hugh Jackman reminiscence. No, I'm talking about the bonehead made a movie called reminiscence way before Hugh Jackman did. And uh, I, it speaks about life and how you don't get what you want. And certain things are taken away from you and you have no control over it. And how do you handle it? And what do you do? And how do you go on? I mean, it is as subtle as a sledgehammer when it gets to the end of it. And it's a four way road of mm-hmm. where is he going to go? That's as subtle as a sledgehammer, but it works for me on every level. Tom Hanks, as much as I love Forrest Gump, I think he deserved the Oscar more for Castaway. Mm-hmm. It's just one of my favorite movies. And when it's on, I'll watch it. I'll stop and watch it at different scenes. But I, I just, especially when it gets to the end and he's delivering the last package, it just, there's so many things going on in those scenes that just speak to me on every level. And I truly appreciate it. But it's very sentimental. And I'm a sentimental person, I suppose. Didn't know that about myself, but Chad. So mine is a more modern one. Um, 
and basically you're stranded in the woods. You know, uh, what do you look for? You look for fire. You look for food. You look for water. Right? Yeah. Three most important things. But what happens if you can find all three of those on a corpse? Swiss Army man. Such an interesting picture. God, I love that film. Uh, anything the Daniels do. Um, I really, really love, uh, you know, like I said, like my, my, my favorite movie last year before it got all of the, uh, Oscars was everything everywhere all at once. Um, genuinely love that Joe, you finished it, right? You never did tell me. Did yeah, you like I it, or... it? I liked oh. it. I don't have an attachment to it. Like everybody else did. It didn't speak to me like everybody else did, okay. but it was so inventive and so creative. And honestly, I'm going to be a schmuck and be the dickhead who says Jamie Lee should have won for other performances than that one. No, I yeah, I completely agree. Jimmy yeah, her her she did not other movies. That's one of those Oscars where I feel like it she was just it. given it to her because she because it just there was so many other there was other performances. It's a true grid Oscar. Yeah, I, truly, and to me it was. I mean, I do not think that's even in her top five best performances. Wait, did, he didn't win for True Grid. He won for the other movie, right? No, he won for True Grid. Oh, he didn't win for the country music one. Okay, sorry. Uh, John Wayne? No, uh John Wayne. I was talking about oh, John, John, Wayne. John, Wayne. John Wayne. John Wayne. Oh, I thought you were talking about And Bridges. I like True Grit. John Wayne's True Grit, but don't get me wrong. But that's not John Wayne's best performance. Seriously, so. Jamie Lee is ten times better in True Lies. Is ten times better in A Fish Called Wanda. I don't know why they. She. I like I said. I. I. There. There's something about her performance that doesn't work for me in the movie. No, John Wayne's best performance is people believing he's John Wayne. <laughs> Well, I'm yeah. not going to debate that point. I think I, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, he is a, a persona made. Yeah. Yes. Um. So anyway, uh, but the Daniels uh, made Swiss Army Man. And it's simply this, a man who is basically a loser. He is stranded in the woods uh, and he comes upon a corpse and the corpse starts talking to him, but the corpse also has the corpse also has amazing superhero superhero skills. Like mm -hmm. you can he can like he spits out wa drinkable water. He you can he can fight like he push it. He gives him the Heimlich maneuver and he can shoot bullets and that's how he kills his he shoots bullets and kills squirrels. Um and and uh he can shoot he, his farts allow him to fly through the water. I mean it's just. It's an amazing character piece of watching this man, Paul Dano, played by Paul Dano, um, who's Hank, uh, just and who plays the dead person. Uh, what seriously may be my favorite actor currently, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, for aka Harry Potter, uh, plays Manny the corpse. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe had just continues to amaze me at every movie he picks uh, from, from this to guns akimbo to the weird, to weird, the Al Yankovic story, every movie, every movie he picks, I'm just enthralled with. Uh, and this is no different. I mean, and watching him play a corpse where he just stands still and he doesn't move. Only thing he moves is his mouth. His whole body stays still because again, he's a corpse. Mm-hmm fantastic but also too it just shows the inventiveness of both of them in the woods creating a bus so he they can recreate the scene where he's talking to his secret crush played by mary elizabeth winstead uh i just love this movie 
uh, again, the Daniels can do no wrong. I can't wait for whenever their next movie is going to be. Granted, it'll probably be about six years from now because that's about the span of how long it takes them to make a movie. I didn't real honestly until you told me that it didn't occur to me that the that there was the two same directors that did both movies. Yeah, they're they're great. Uh, and that honestly, I think this is I may be mistaken, but these are the only two films. These are the only two films I'm looking at. Them. Yeah, they did. They did short films and other things, but in music videos. Yeah. And yeah. then they're currently working on the skeleton crew for Disney and um, some show called Mason or Manson. I, can't, I think it's Mason. Okay. That's my second. That's my third pick, James. You know, I, I, I struggled with this for a moment, but I think I know what I'm going to go with, because I think often in. I, I used Blair Witch Project earlier, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think we associate the woods and camping and things like that with risk to a certain extent, right? There's something, there can be something out there. And so I think to give the, the woods their due, to give camping its due, I want to end with a movie where camping becomes survival and it's based on a true story. Um, and it's a movie that doesn't get talked a lot about, um, probably because it's it ends positively, but it's a bit of a bummer of a story to be based on a true story. Edward Zwick directed Defiance, which stars Lee Schreiber and Daniel Craig. And if you don't know the story of Defiance, Defiance is about three brothers whose parents get killed by the Nazis. They're Jewish, and they basically go to the woods and then they start to encounter other jewish refugees that are hiding in the woods and they start basically recruiting more and more not recruiting but finding and bringing more and more jewish people to the woods to hide from i forget the name of the 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 nazis that were the branch of the nazis it's something like the einstroppen gupen i i don't speak german sorry but they they swept through. Clo- I think that's close. They swept through Eastern Europe, and their goal was complete annihilation. Uh, and if you watch this movie, eventually, of course, they start raiding farms that the Nazis have taken over to get food to help these people. They survive the winter, and they end up living in the woods. I think for four years. And at one point, of course, the Nazis realize, okay, there's something in the woods, and they they're just going to raid them and kill them, and. There's, I don't want to necessarily give it away, but in the end result is all three brothers survive. Eventually, actually, in real life, they immigrate to America, and they never seek credit for what they did. But if you go back and look at the actual historic records, they saved 1,200 people, and now their descendants number in the tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. And it's all because they brought them to the woods and helped them survive there and established. I mean, they established a what we would think of now as an infirmary but more or less it functioned as their hospital in the woods they did all this stuff using more or less camping skills and sheer determination that they were the nazis killed their parents and they weren't going to let them win hmm. and so it's the story of these three brothers and the, the groups they, that they found and weren't formed. they thugs or criminals before this am i making that up? yeah yeah they weren't they and that was yeah they they had a history of um and i'm sorry if you said that i was looking something up <laughs> No, no, no. They, 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 uh, they had a history of of violent. Yeah, yeah, they were not. They, they weren't heroes per se. But this, this allowed them to kind of. 
I don't want to say redeem themselves, but it was, uh, if you read the full story, and it is based, if you want to read the full story, the book is also called Defiance, and it was written by, let me make sure I have this, uh, the book is called Defiance, the uh, Belisky Partisans, and it's the account uh, by the eponymous group led by Polish Jewish brothers who saved and recruited Jews in Belarus during the Second World War, and it was written by Nachama Tech. Is who wrote the historical book. I've never actually seen the movie, Chad. Have you? Yes. Okay. And I, I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't, it's one of those ones where I watched it. I don't remember anything about it. Hmm. But I know when I, mean, I watched heavy. it, when I watched it, I did enjoy it. It's heavy. And it's got a 7.1 out of 10 on, on IMDb if you care about ratings and all that stuff. But it, it is one of, the, I, I was trying to think of an example where the words I don't, help I the don't. hero. Because Swiss Army Man on IMDb only has a six point nine, and that is I, stupid. Well, no, but but my point is that you know a lot of what we've talked about the woods are the enemy, or the woods are the complication, or the woods there's something there you have to fight. And this is a story where the woods actually help the heroes because they use them to their advantage as a way to hide and to preserve life. Hmm. I need to watch it sometime. Yeah, me too. That's one of those ones I've been thinking about lately, and I'm surprised. And again, I didn't think about it for this, and James brought it up. I'm like, I I need to go back and watch it if I can find it. Okay. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. I want to go first. Um, This is the one I really I wanted to talk about. There's two, and we just we've talked about the gray so much on here. I didn't want to bring it up again. Yeah. And then another one, and again, that's I'm still shocked that you haven't. There's one that I'm surprised you didn't. Go ahead. 127 hours. Nope. Okay. Is that wilderness though? Because he's stuck in a wood in a rock. Yeah, but it falls under if you look at it. It's a really good performance by James Franco. I mean, it technically is the wilderness, because you know, when you think of wilderness, you think of trees, you don't think of because I was I was struggling with that because there was a couple of movies that I wanted to talk about people strapped in the desert. And, and I'm like, and, is, that, is that the wilderness? And the third honorable mention is the evil dead. Yeah. Yeah. We we really should mention that the Evil Dead may very well be the best Woods movie ever made. Ooh, Joe, I don't know because you're forgetting one. What am I forgetting, Chad? I, I really. Rearm- I, I actually was going to say, Chad, if you don't do it, if you're not going to do the one I'm thinking of, I'll be shocked. Go ahead, Chad. Well, I thought honestly, Joe, your top three Deliverance would have been one of them. Yep, no, it's not Deliverance, huh? It didn't even really occur to me. And honestly, it's not on a lot of the lists I looked at. That's insane. I think that's the ultimate wilderness film is Deliverance. Hmm. Uh, Because it all is about in the woods and them trying to run away from, Mm, you know, Uh, hillbillies. I don't know. They're Tucker and Dale. They're just trying to help them. And it's all about that. I'm just, I, Deliverance was on my own. Now it's not one of my, I like it. It's just not one of my, I picked mine. It's not something you could go watch. No. Mm Mm-mm. You just can't sit down and, you know, have that's a bag not, of popcorn. Or... Yeah, say, yeah, that's not a bag of popcorn. Maybe think of Twizzlers movie. No, yeah. no. It's like, bring over that six-year-old. We're going to have family movie now. <laughs> James, I want you to do your honorable mentions because I want to see if you bring up one because there's one that I really want to discuss before we end. So my honorable mentions, again, I was thinking, and you're going to forgive me, my literary nerddom kicked in, but in classic okay. literature. Here we go. In classic literature, the woods are bad, right? I mean, yeah. Scarlet Letter, Hester Prynne gets in trouble, and they make her go live in the woods right outside of town, which made me think of this film. And it's not camping, per se, but there's definitely some woods involved. The Witch. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, 
The Witch. I rewatched it recently with my wife. The that Witch. Is a wil- is, that's a wilderness film. I rewatched the first twenty minutes of that, and I forgot just how harsh it is with the baby and everything. Oh, yeah. guys, there's another movie we need to talk about in terms of. Ugh. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but the witch came to mind, and then I think the the I, I was saying along lines with Joe of the Evil Dead, and I think there's an entire subgenre because you have things like Wrong Turn and things like that mm-hmm. of horror movies in the woods. Um, Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek is another one. Cabin Fever, yep, is another one. Cabin in the Woods is another one. It's a commentary on all the aforementioned. But no, uh, I think the witch dog is soldiers. Right on, dog soldiers. Dog soldiers. I think I think the, the witch is the one that stuck with me the most because again, it plays with that classic trope of there's where there's where civilization civilization as we know it is not, there's there's evil. Yeah. And that's a very, by the way, British European mindset, but it works so well in literature and later on in film yeah all right chad all right let's go ahead chad let's do it the the other so the one that horror movies that we probably should have brought up real quick i'm not gonna but friday the 13th except for manhattan and space yeah and (laughs) those happen to be the two i would prefer yeah same here oddly enough (laughs) i like the goofy ones i do too they're all terrible um so uh the river wild with Meryl Streep. Yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah. It does take place in the woods. Uh so this one, uh, James, I don't know how James what is it falls. you and Kevin Bacon bothering you on trips. I don't know, but he's in three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't realize that. What's up with that? But at the same time, and you even, brought even, all of them up. Honestly, in the River Wild, he's not a big a dick as he is in Whitewater Summer. He's trying to kill the family. He's an asshole in Whitewater Summer. You gotta go. Oh. You gotta watch that. We got. Oh. We got. We got to find this so we can three watch it together. Because I haven't watched I'd it. In watch Kadu. No. Yes, I do want to watch Kadu. <laughs> but no. Um. The this is James. I don't know if this fell into your category of of something that you liked as a kid. But this is one that both me and Joe really loved when we were younger. But we watched it as adults and not so much anymore. The wrong guys. Yeah, it was. It doesn't hold up. Ooh, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but well, and I guess I guess since we're doing, I know we're do, normal. We're, we've been talking films, but for for theater people, so you don't hate us. Yes, we're aware of Into the Woods. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they didn't go actually into the woods. No. Well, they <laughs> did. They had to get the stuff in the woods. I see. saw that picture and don't remember a damn thing about it. Uh. uh the uh, the other one, by the way, I think we should probably mention, and it's not camping, but it definitely happens in the woods. Y'all remember that Revenant? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I, I almost forgot the Revenant, and I'm like, no, I oh, well, there's Revenant. It happens. Some of it happens in the woods. Um, no, it's oh, good. It's it, DiCaprio deserved the Oscar. No, but, but I'm trying to think of the other one that's that's way better than the Revenant. And why am I blanking on the name of that film like, where the where some people are eating other people? Alive? No. Well, while you're thinking of that, I'll mention uh, Nature Calls uh, with Patton Oswalt and Johnny Knoxville. Never saw where, that. Where Patton Oswalt is that he really wants to be a Boy Scout troop leader, uh, and he takes uh, he does he's just bad at it. He doesn't know how to do it, and he kidnaps a bunch of kids and and takes them on a on a uh, on a camping trip with his dad, who's like barely hanging on, is in a wheelchair, and it's just 
it completely it, it's not a great film but uh it it, it has its funny moments James, you come ravenous, up with by the way. Ravenous, ravenous was the film I was saying. It's not necessarily in the woods, but he gets sent to that remote outpost, that remote fort that is surrounded by woods. And yeah. I consider that a well-learned film. Yeah. Um, uh, he was licking me. Now, this is the one I wanted to briefly talk about. Uh, my last honorable mention. Any of you all remember A Cry in the Wild? Yep. Which is James, do you? No, I know Cry Wilderness about Bigfoot. You ever see that one? It's not yeah. a good movie. A Cry in the Wild is the film adaption of the novel Hatchet. Oh, I did. You know, I know Hatchet. I didn't know yeah. Cry in the Wild. Yeah, it came out in 1990. Uh, and I don't really want to talk about the movie. I want to talk about the book Hatchet. Uh, oh, God, I'm, I had the author and I forgot Paulson. her name. Paulson, thank you. Uh, Paulson. We all had to read Hatchet as a kid, right? I did. No, I did not. I read it actually uh, when I took Children's Lit in college. And now that I'm looking degree. at it, I don't know that I actually watched the movie A Cry on the Wild. Well, see, we had to read the novel, um, I want to say in middle school, and then we watched the movie after we finished the novel. Mm-hmm. It was one of those deals. But I thought Hatchet was one of those staple books where everybody had to read it as a teenager or as, as a young adult or for school purposes. I don't remember reading it. But I, I re- I, I, and by the way, I say Greg Paulson. It's Gary Paulson. Gary Paulson. Um, uh, and I didn't know, and I was going to ask you all, why do you think, but you all didn't have this experience. I was wondering why that is considered a staple for children to have to read. I don't, don't I think because it shows, uh, it shows he develops ownership, right? I mean, he's stranded after the guy has a heart attack and the plane right. crashes. Yeah. And then he's left by himself. And that's what I actually want to talk about. That's an interesting story. But do you know about the follow-up to it? Brian's I, Winter? Yes, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember it. Okay, well, Brian's Winter is the, the more compelling one because a lot of people said he goes back. It, he takes somebody to go back with him, right, to show how he survived. No, no, right? that's that's the direct sequel. Brian's okay. Winter is actually the alternate. It counts as the second book to some people. It doesn't matter. It's the alternate telling because Gary Paulson got a lot of flack for Hatchet because do you remember how Hatchet ends? Mm-mm. No, uh, seriously, all I remember is the porcupine scene. That's all. Winter I is coming. Not to borrow from another work, right. but winter's coming, and it keeps talking about how the days are getting shorter, and he's getting colder, and he's ha- he's trying to figure out can I do it with just a hatchet, and before winter actually arrives, he gets saved, uh-huh. um, and then when in the direct sequel he goes back. Well, evidently enough people gave Gary Paulson crap about what a cop out you let him get rescued before he freezes to death, and so he wrote. Brian's winter to answer the question of what if he wouldn't have got saved. And so um, it, it was released in 1996 as kind of a follow-up. Uh, and so technically it's the third novel in the series, but it was second in terms of chronology as it's actually an alternate ending sequel to Hatchet Weird. where he doesn't get saved and he um, he's still stranded on the lake and he has to figure out how he's going to actually survive during the winter uh, and it does not involve a porcupine, but he does eventually befriend a skunk because he realizes the skunk has to find food in the snow. So he starts to follow the skunk because huh. then he'll at least find enough food to survive. So it is, I, I just love that story that Gary Paulson wrote this award-winning child's novel, a children's novel, but enough people went, oh, you let him get saved. 
Yeah, I will say he this. finally went. I'm tired of hearing about it. Here, here's an alternate ending where he doesn't get saved. You can read how he survives the winter. And I will say this: I actually enjoyed the novel so much when I was younger, and that, that I got to see the movie that I actually did personally f- track down the sequel to that book and read it on a on a uh, on a personal basis. But yeah, I mean, when I thought about wilderness films, I didn't want to put up the movie because a I don't remember it, and I'm just not a big fan of it now. But Hatchet played such a staple in our child, my childhood, and I thought it played a staple in every child's uh, of our age. And yeah, I still we think didn't have st- books. And I still think they honestly, I still think Hatchet is read in schools. But oh, I could it be is. Wrong. No, my my son has read it in school. Okay, yeah, and I just didn't know if there. I, James, being the education historian of our group, I didn't know if there was a reason why Hatchet was picked out by so why many. Can't I be no, no. When I read it for children's lit. Because I had to take, to be an English teacher, you had to take children's lit through the library science program. And we had to pick a hundred children's novels to read. And it was one of the strongly recommended ones. And that's when I read it was actually in college for that children's lit course. But no, it is, I mean, it is a compelling, even as a quote unquote children's book, children's novel, uh, mid-grade novel, whatever you want to say it. It's, it is compelling and it is well-written and actually, I mean, there's a lot of heart to that work, right? So no, I agree. Yeah. It, it I mean, should be a staple. You know, here I am over 30 years later, remembering the scene of him being in the cave and getting, getting hit by the porcupine. So, I mean, it had some kind of impact on me. So there you go. All right, so, guys. Well, this has been us talking about the woods. And the, and, and the fort and the a desert Island and, yeah. and, uh, and the desert. places of, how about we just call this places of isolation? You know, the woods, no, sticking, uh, sticking with islands. No, no, islands. Um, my soul, my social life. Places of isolation. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Uh-huh.